All right, who was it? I know it was someone here. Which one of you got a hold of Brent Venable's phone number and texted him a suggestion over the weekend on what he needs to do better as a head coach? Kendall, was it you? I feel like it was Kendall that did this. But we found out today at the press conference, one of you out there, I'm convinced, somehow got BV's number and texted him a suggestion. Yeah, on and then that, apparently they left him on red. <laughs> right. I am uh, I am very curious as to what the, the text said to Brent Venables. I'm going to guess it wasn't all that brilliant or all that smart. They never are. Maybe Patty Gasso should coach your team instead. Hey, Brent, get out of that three-man front, you moron. What are you doing? If the text line has any guesses as to what that uh, that text read to Brent Venables, please, by all means, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. But I guess that's what you get, Parker, when you've lost three consecutive games and you haven't been competitive in the past two is you get people <laughs> finding out what the head coach's cell phone number is and texting things like that. Oh, boy, here we go. This is unfamiliar territory. It really is. Oh, they need to win this weekend, Tyler, for so many reasons. For so many reasons. We talked about it. Steely and I were talking about it. You win this weekend, go rest up over the bye week, get ready for that road trip to Ames. You got some momentum heading into the second half of the season, and maybe just maybe you string a few wins together and salvage this thing. If you lose this weekend... Oh boy! Yeah, I mean, oh boy. you're not you're not going to a bowl game if you lose this weekend. I would agree. I mean, things are already fragile as it is, but four consecutive losses, and again, I feel like even though they're a top twenty team nationally this week, Parker, losing to Kansas at home is going to feel worse than losing to Kansas State at home at TCU on the road and Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Th- this will be the new rock bottom if you lose this week, and if you lose, you're not going to a bowl game, man. And look, even if you win on Saturday, and I agree, and I said it the same thing yesterday on the rush, if you really care about going to a bowl game, which I actually think that you should, you better win on Saturday. And it's probably not going to be a great bowl game that you go to. It may be the first responder bowl or the Liberty Bowl or who knows what else, but you've got a young team or at least some more young faces that you're about to throw out there. You're going to need that extra practice time, man. I don't know if that's going to make the uh, total difference into being a championship team next year, but this team needs practice time at this point, and that's what a bowl game gives you. And so, I mean, with that being said, like, I mean, yeah, we're on the same page. You better win this weekend, man. On the text line, we 100% know it was something like, let Patty Gasso run practice, let Jordy Ball be the new QB1, or give us booty. I definitely agree with the, uh, the last two, Jordy Ball, QB1, or just give us booty. I don't, I, and no one was uh, disagreeing with the last one on Saturday. Give us no, booty. No, though the uh, the situation. Uh, yeah, one one listener did comment yesterday. A blind booty would have been just as good as Davis Bevel on Saturday, which <laughs> pr- probably isn't far from the truth. Kenny from the four hundred five says it was probably Bob Stoops with a burner. Phone. No way, no chance. That is that is that is good though. That is good. Uh, Kendall says, I just told him to run a four-man front, so Kendall's probably just confirming that it was him. Uh, Patrick is trying to take responsibility as well, though. Me in all caps. <laughs> this listener says, hey, Brent, are we blowing or going right now? 
Peyton says, "Why the hell ain't you starting Canick at Wildcat quarterback against Texas?" So I'm I told sure. you it was someone here who sent that text. I knew it. I knew right when Britt said that. I said, "Oh God, it's someone in the ref army." That's that's who. That's I'm who pretty got a hold sure of it. there were more people on the text line last week clamoring for Jaron Canick to get the start than there were for people clamoring to, for any other quarterback to get the start. Yeah, no, I that's that that is accurate. Um, but we also had things such as uh, Bray Walker getting in the Wildcat as well, which surely those were tongue in cheek last week. But you you never know, Parker, with some of the takes that have been uh, thrown out at this point. So yeah, I it, it was a it was a funny moment. Brent handled that well. He responded back to the uh, mystery texter. And that person did not respond, which you can only imagine what Brent Venables said back to that individual <laughs> that found his number in uh, and texted him. Uh, but to recruiting, apparently Hayes Fawcett is out there tweeting out flip season, S-Z-N, with a few exclamation marks attached to it. Yeah. Now, OU fans are as nervous as any fan base in the country right now when it comes to decommits because they're on a three-game losing streak and because you're trying to hold this class together, does this necessarily have to mean that OU is involved with what uh, Faze, uh, Hayes Fawcett is claiming is flip season? No, and I'm nearly 100% sure OU is not involved in any capacity. Uh, but, of course, I, I, I can't even tell you, Tyler, how many DMs I got within 10 minutes of that tweet going up. Colton Vosick gone? Colton Vosick flipping? Colton Vosick to UT? Relax, people! Not everything is about OU. Not everything is about you. Oklahoma and Colton Vosick are just fine right now. For the moment, OU and all their commits are just fine. I don't know if that will remain the case. Obviously, there there's a lot that can transpire between now and December, especially if OU keeps losing. But for the moment, everything is stable. The waters are tranquil, as it were. And and I understand the the worry about Colton Vosick. I guess if there is a guy in this class that you're concerned with decommitting, it would be him because you just lost to Texas 49-0 and he uh, plays high school football in Austin. But if you were to tell me right now, Parker, that he is decommitting, and no one is saying that right now, just for argument's sake, I'm not even 100% sure or maybe even 50% sure he would wind up at Texas. I, I think it could be somewhere else, yes. very much somewhere else where he could go. So I'm not telling you to, to not be nervous about some incoming decommits. I'm not even telling you not to be somewhat nervous about Colton Vosick, but it doesn't necessarily have to be UT with him. No, it doesn't. And in fact, I would say it's more likely Oregon at this point right now than it would be UT because, again, I'll keep going back to it, people. I'll keep going back to it. Before I ever knew where Colton Vosick was going to school, the first thing I had on good authority from multiple sources down in Austin was, he ain't going to Texas. He ain't going to Texas. We don't know where he's going in the end, but it's not going to be Texas. 918 says, I've been watching OU football since the 70s. Never have I realized how dumb our fan base is until this year. Pitiful. Uh, yeah. Will, this one says, Willis did a good job going down the field. Uh, got to Horns 30 and got pulled, and we got squat out of his drive. Why? So we, we're still re- reliving the game on Saturday and asking I, why some certain uh, personnel decisions were made. I don't know. I don't have a great answer for you there I on just, why that happened. I just don't feel any need to rewind back to last Saturday from here on out unless absolutely necessary, Tyler. Just, I, I, I wish I would have slept in. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think all of us wish we would have slept in at 11 a.m. on Saturday. So you're going to do your best now to look forward to what's ahead, to the Kansas game this weekend, and hey, you still have a top 100 player nationally to see Leacana coming in for his visit this weekend. That That's still on tap, yeah, correct? That's, that's still okay, on tap. Okay, there you yes, go. Sir. He is the number one player in the state of Utah, the number 89 player nationally in the 24-7 composite rankings, too. I, uh, I I looked at it a little bit closer today, like to see Leacana in his profile, Parker, even though we've been talking about him for six months now, and I said, dang, when's the last? who's the last guy OU got out of the state of Utah? And I'm trying to go back and remember guys that they've gotten out of the state of Utah. Well, how about your 2000 National Championship quarterback? You got him out of, uh, what, Snow Junior College or Snow College out of the state of Utah back in the day, Josh Heupel. That is true. And originally, Josh Heupel did come from South Dakota. Yeah. I feel the need to acknowledge that because that's where my family is all from. So got to give a shout-out to the Mount Rushmore State. Uh, but, yeah, Utah has been kind. Yeah, not just uh, not just Josh Heupel, but C.J. Ayu was a Utah guy. Really good defensive end. Yes. Uh, this would be, if Oklahoma were to get to Celia Kana, I would believe I believe this would be the 12th or 13th different state represented in their signing class this year. So diversity across the board when it comes to geography. And that's one of those things that you love to see under the direction of the new staff because, yeah, they're going to continue to hit Oklahoma hard. They're going to hit Texas hard. They're going to have a much stronger presence in the southeast. But when you, go, when you go to places like Washington for Heath Ozida and Josiah Wagner, Pennsylvania for Phil Pichotti, Utah for Tessilia Kana, and somewhere like Nebraska for Cade McIntyre, Virginia for Caleb Spencer. How about the state of Florida? You heard me all offseason saying, look at these dudes getting into the southeast. And now it's like almost even more impressive, Parker, that you've lost three consecutive games, aren't playing much defense throughout the past three and so far, your class has stuck together through all of this, through the three-game losing streak, and you still have the number six uh, class nationally. Which, by the way, is there a chance that that ranking changes tomorrow with the new rankings by 24-7 Sports? Yeah, there is a chance. They, they, okay, they, I don't want to spoil the surprise chance. or, you know, spoil that for anybody. I, but, you know, I, there's, that's I, I haven't the run the numbers, but I've seen the new rankings, and there's definitely a chance. Definitely a solid chance. Mostly because from, what, three all the way to six, maybe even seven? Yeah. Everyone just right there, just kind of neck and neck. So if you get a commit or two that really rise up the rankings, then, yeah, you have the chance to hop back into a top five class without really doing anything other than uh, 24-7 sports updating its rankings. So, hey, that would be something. We talked about yesterday this program doesn't have – Really much momentum uh, going on right now. You really need something good to happen. Golly, when's the last good thing that's happened with this program? Somebody, somebody on the text line says, do we storm the field if we beat Kansas yes, Saturday? Yes, sure, absolutely. Might as well. Ugh. I don't know when the last thing, that I guess the Nebraska win was the last thing that was good that happened to this program, but getting back in the top five tomorrow, Parker, I, I will definitely count that because it's been several weeks now. So, so hopefully that's the case, and we can talk about a top-five recruiting class again. Somebody asked, what is a good comp for Akana? That's a great question, and I don't think I'm going to have a great comp for Akana until we figure out exactly what his fit's going to be at Oklahoma because he's a very versatile athlete, highly versatile. And 
honestly, in that regard, I'll go back to a conversation we were having last hour about a guy, Malachi Coleman, that I, many have raised their frustrations. And I'm as frustrated as anybody with the reality that OU uh, kind of cut off contact with the kid and is no longer pursuing him. But uh, much in the same vein, really the only difference between Cecilia Akana and Malachi Coleman is that Akana is just much more physically ready right now for a physically demanding position like linebacker or even tight end if you wanted to play him on the offensive side. But until we figure out what his ultimate positional fit at Oklahoma is, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to give you a great comp. And Uh, normally 24-7 has player comps for your more elite athletes. And seeing as he's a top top 100 player, Parker, I thought that there might be a comp in there, and there's there's not for Tassili Akana. Yeah. So I mean, you'll kind of find a one. Canvas type of guy. You'll find one for David Hicks in there. Uh, you'll find one for Jackson Arnold. We made fun of it. It was Rex Grossman who played quarterback at Florida like 20 years ago, which was uh, a little bit odd of a comp. But you'll find some in there, but none for Tassilia Connor. Uh, somebody, somebody said, when has geographical diversity ever resulted in a roster that has produced a national title for OU football? It never has. Yeah, because I was sitting here and saying the fact that Oklahoma has kids committed from 11 different states right now means that they're going to win a national championship with these guys. Did I say that, Tyler? The next text will be recruit more in-state kids. I'm yeah, calling exactly. it right now. Uh, Kendall's going to just text Cole Adams 50 no, straight times. No, no thank you. Um, is Akana more day one ready to play than Vosick? No. No, I would not say so. Colton Vosick and PJ Adabare, those are two guys that could have a huge impact. Which goes to my next question as we roll into a break. And uh, I want the text line to sound off on this, and we'll get to as many texts on it as we can. You know, you're you're wanting to keep this class intact, right? I mean, that that's like goal number one for this recruiting class. You want to get Peyton Bowen. You want to get Akana. You want to get a couple surprise flips. But if you can just keep this class as is, you're going to end up with the top ten class. Who is the most important commit right now for next season? A guy that they have currently committed on the roster because, hey, I, I don't have to tell you, that some of these guys are going to have to play meaningful downs in in year one for this football team in 2023. (laughs) You think? Who is the most important commit that OU has right now with this 2023 class? I got thoughts. Parker's got thoughts. I know you have them as well. We'll get to them next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. We got a new country via the ref app today. At Hello. least I think we do. Okay. Arezzo, Italy, if I'm even, I'm pronouncing Ar- Italy. Yeah, I knew I was pronouncing Italy correct. I didn't know if I was pronouncing the uh, the the, uh, the town, the city name or not. Yeah, it's, it's Arezzo. There used to be, uh, when you. I was, wow. well, because I w- when I was in, journalism school at the illustrious University of Oklahoma, there was an exchange program every year that was in Arezzo. I never went. I never really considered going because there was too much happening on this side of the ocean, uh, sports-wise. But, yes, that is why that is why I know it's Arezzo. Hayes, Kansas, Huntsville, Alabama, Centerville, Virginia, Portland, Maine, Dennis, Massachusetts, 
in Cash, Oklahoma today, as our a small Oklahoma town Cash. of the day. Cash is by somewhat by Lawton, I think. Southwest okay, I've, I've heard of, of Cash In. I have not heard of Cash. Yes, yeah. C A S H E. Oh, oh, oh. Not okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Yes, yes. So I Cash know exactly would be an about. awesome. Uh, maybe that's what people refer to as College Station nowadays. Brian College <laughs> Station. They just refer to it as Cash. There probably is a Cash Texas in somewhere, and it's definitely by the Brian College Station area. I would not be shocked by that one bit. Jimbo's probably got a lake house there. Oh yeah. Now, he doesn't have. He doesn't have a nice ranch out there. Isn't that his big thing? I think he's got some giant ranch out there in the uh, in that area. That's where he lives. Yeah, probably so. Uh, most important commits for this upcoming class. Uh, there's several names that you can go with. Jackson Arnold, you know, might be in a quarterback competition next year. Heck, I, I don't think it's completely off the table that he could be your quarterback one next year. But I'm going to go with one of these defensive linemen, Parker, just because this defense right now is having such a tough time getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, we'll roll through the text responses here. I'm going to go with P.J. Atabare, the most important commits for next year's season. Yeah, I was, I was talking to P.J. last week, and he was like, shoot, I can be a freshman All-American in this defense. That's what he said. Because yeah, hey, and he don't hate it. And he believes it because I mean, and look, when you look at the the picture at edge right now for Oklahoma, uh, obviously R. Mason Thomas is going to have the upper hand uh, as far as being the first guy at the table at that true edge position because uh, he's never going to be a hand in the dirt defensive end. But when you're talking about a Nick Benito type of player. Uh, that's what R. Mason Thomas is. For P.J., I think he actually ends up being more of an Ethan Downs slash Reggie Grimes than he ends up being an R. Mason Thomas just because he's so physically big. Um, but, yeah, I I think he will, at the very least, see rotational action next year. And you think about Ethan Downs and the impact that he made in 2021. He didn't start a game. But he was on the field a lot, was the only member of that freshman class that played every single game. I think that could be what P.J. Adebare ends up doing. I think that certainly could be end up being what Colton Vosick ends up doing as well because you have two instant impact defensive ends in P.J. and Vosick. 615 Area Code says, my top five in order of importance. Jackson Arnold, P.J. Adebare, Caden Green, Colton Vosick, Makari Vickers. And honestly, that's a pretty good... That's a pretty good five, um, especially because you've got Arnold, Adabare, and Vosick. I'm going to guess most of our text have those three involved in, in terms of most important. Is there anyone really outside that three? And someone mentioned Caden Green and Macari Vickers, and you need better defensive back play. I, you need better play at the tackles for sure, but listen, th- those three kind of seem to be the one, two, and three. I've said this for a while. I think there's a very realistic chance Caden Green is starting next year. If you ask me, pick pick a true freshman who cracks the starting lineup day one, my money would actually be on Caden Green. Just because I think the need is going to be that significant along the offensive line, and I think Green is that good. 
Uh, like you mentioned earlier, Vosick and PJ may be top 10 NFL prospects when their careers are said and done. Downs or Grimes aren't pros in this system, unfortunately. Uh, this one says Vosick isn't his dad a defensive line coach. He is probably further developed than most of the guys on the roster mentally and skill set wise. Give him a spring and summer with Schmitty, and he's an immediate impact player. Yeah, he's also pushing 6 7. So he's just an enormous human being as well. Uh, Jackson Arnold, and it isn't even close. This one says Derek LeBlanc. Uh, Trying to read more. Derek LeBlanc, it feels like his dad and him have been studying the ship for the last several weeks. So I I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I guess it's a good thing in the sense that you have a lot of players in this class committed that you feel good about that you think have a chance to start from day one. But you get the point here, Parker. We've already covered several different position groups on who they think should be or is the most important commit for next year. Yeah, and Makari Vickers has to be in that conversation as well. And I'm glad his name has been thrown around a little bit too. Uh, Sooner Gary asks, will Jackson Arnold compete for a starting job next year or is he a for sure redshirt? Look, here's what I don't want. I don't want people talking about I don't want people to hear us talking about how good of a quarterback Jackson Arnold is and have the expectation that he's going to come in next year and contend seriously alongside a more established and more experienced quarterback the likes of Dylan Gabriel for the starting job because that's not a fair expectation for any quarterback. Bryce Young redshirted as a true freshman sitting behind Mac Jones. I don't think there's a single rational human being that would make the argument that Mac Jones is better than Bryce Young. Oh, sure. Hey, but, a best case scenario is that Jackson Arnold does not is not the starter next year. Yeah. And listen, there were people last hour uh, when we were having the conversation about the quarterback room saying, hey, you guys hyped up Evers when he signed. Why, why isn't he ready? Because he's a true freshman. That's why. True freshmen that contribute meaningfully at the Power 5 level are few and far between. Oklahoma happened to have one of them last year in Caleb Williams, but that is not the norm. Caleb Williams himself was the first true freshman to start at quarterback for Oklahoma in over 30 years. So that tells you what the norm is when you're talking about the quarterback position and guys who can come in immediately and play good ball. Yeah, no, I'm totally – like, best case scenario is that Jackson Arnold, I don't know if it's that he redshirts, but he is not – you know, he he is not your starting quarterback from day one. Like I, I would be very nervous about the offense next year if that's the case. Is that worst-case scenario for next season? Uh, I mean, unless he just lights it up and is ready from day one, yeah, maybe so. But I do think the next six games are really going to determine how this staff feels about Dylan Gabriel going into the offseason and if he is just your unquestioned starter or if he's going to be in a battle or if they go the portal route again for quarterback. like As things sit right now through six games, anything and everything is on the table, Parker. And unfortunately, that means your five-star freshman quarterback being in a quarterback competition next year. Yeah, it's, at no least, it's at least on the uh, table. Peyton says, hate to be like Teddy. But I'm not sure many of these guys will start from day one because that's so hard to do. I hear you, Peyton. And, yeah, again, it's not just true of Jackson Arnold. That's true of every single freshman that's going to enter the program next year. The expectation should not be that any of them will start. If that ends up happening, great. But you think about the true freshmen that have started for Oklahoma over the past few years, it's a real short list, man. Caleb Williams is obviously on that list. Mario Williams is on that list. Billy Bowman's on that list. But 
Those are out of necessity yeah. most of the time. I mean, guys that we can throw out here. Yeah. For sure. It's a hard, hard thing to do, regardless of what position you play, to come in and have an immediate impact as a true freshman. Now, it is, and I think that they're going to have some uh, portal guys that are going to be kind of plug-and-play guys as well. I, I think OU in the uh, transfer portal, Parker, going to be pretty active. Coming in, guys going, maybe even some names that – You've come to know over the past couple of years could be on their way out with the transfer portal after the year because Brent Venable said it very clearly last night uh, at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. And I don't know if you watched it or not, Parker, but basically uh, th- this is where you find out. Are you in or out? It's easy to be in when, when everything's going all going great and you're winning games, but here's where you find out if guys are truly in or not and if if guys aren't then they won't be on the team next year i mean it's pretty simple as that what i took yeah i mean it's gonna be a meritocracy it's gonna be competitive and here's the thing you think about some of the true freshmen that have shown some really encouraging flashes thus far this year whether that's uh, javante barnes is obviously at the top of the list in that capacity um Gentry Williams has done some really nice things, especially on special teams. Jaron Canick has been a freak at times. The very, At the very least, what you're going to get is you're going to get a class that's going to come in and meaningfully push the veterans ahead of them for playing time. And you're going to have healthy competition across the roster. And that's going to make the bottom line, that's going to make the final product better. Vince Young got cooked as a freshman, says the text line. Well, he was a freshman in 03, right? Yeah, I think he was a freshman in 2003. He did get cooked by OU, losing 65-13. to <laughs> But Texas actually played in the Rose Bowl that year and won the Rose Bowl and beat Michigan. Old Dusty Mangum. Actually, that was in 04. That was – wait, what was – because they, they came back to the, uh, I think in 03, right? 03 they played? I believe you're correct. Yeah, I, I know that they played in the uh, in the Rose Bowl one year. Actually, it may have been the year before. It must have been in 04 when they played, um, when, before they played USC there. But Vince Young, I mean, that team, because he was going back and forth with Chance Mock that year. Chance And they Mock. started the season with Chance Mock, eventually went to Vince. Vince did get cooked against OU, but I think he ended up doing some nice things uh, towards the tail end of that season. But, I mean, the point is, is that, yes, you've got to be truly special. And not only do you have to be truly special to be a standout quarterback as a true freshman, you've got to have dudes around you, man. You got an offensive. You got to have an offensive line that's ready to go. You got to have skill position players that are high impact players at their position and big play guys. And I'm not saying that OU's surrounding core of their quarterback is god awful right now, but it needs to be a lot better if you're going to hand the reins to a true freshman quarterback next year. I think we can all agree with that, right? This offensive line has struggled too much for me to think. Oh, next year they can just throw in a true freshman quarterback and be okay. Uh, let's get to a Doug and Norman text before we hit a break. Parker, please stop mentioning Pachotti from Pennsylvania. I've watched three IMG games on TV. He hasn't played one down on defense yet. He plays on the kickoff team, and that's all. If a high school sub is what you want to mention, you will lose credibility. And you did highly tout Nick Evers. Whether you are willing to admit it or not, he was touted as saving the 2022 class for Venables. I keep receipts and radio show tapes. Yeah, if you can find one instance of me saying that Nick Evers saved the 2022 class for Brent Venables, Doug, I will gladly eat my words. 
Uh, Doug also adds, and please stop mentioning Schmitty and his conditioning regimen. The team has been pushed around like little girls for the past three weeks. That never happened in the previous coaching regime. We are not tougher or more physical than anyone in the Big 12. Doug, I assure you they did get pushed around in the previous regime. Yeah, yeah I was say, the Baylor makes... game last year. That's exactly not out of the Not out of the norm. Yeah, they de- they did de- have definitely gotten pushed around in the past, unfortunately. 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get to that it's coming up and more. Is Dylan Gabriel going to play this weekend? Well, we'll tell you what Brent Venable said today. Uh, more coming up on the on the ref. Keep it locked right here. We're on the Homeless Suter fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. Is Dylan Gabriel going to play on Saturday? Well, it sounds like Brent Venables will know for sure on Thursday, or at least have a much better idea on Thursday. But he sounded pretty optimistic today that his quarterback's going to play on Saturday. At least that's the way I took it. Well, and having interacted with Dylan Gabriel last night at practice when he spoke to the media uh, for quite a while about his status and where he's at, uh, both as far as uh, his physical and mental condition. Uh, count me among those who wholeheartedly believe that the flying Hawaiian is back this weekend. Well, so. and I think the betting line kind of shows that Vegas thinks that he is going to, because that is the only reason, and I mean the only reason, OU would be favored by eight points against any team in the Big 12 Conference right now. Because I've seen plenty of uh, Big 12 power polls that have been released today that have OU back at number 10. And as much as it sucks to see, it's really kind of hard to argue with, Parker, at this point, uh, when how, you're 0-3 in the league. Uh, honest question, how many Power 5 teams is Oklahoma favored over if Davis Bevel is the quarterback? I don't know if they're favored over any. Colorado, that's probably about it. I mean, maybe. I, it was It was bad. Uh, percentage chance that Davis Bevel takes another snap at OU this year. <laughs> Got to be low, right? Oh, oh man, because here's the thing. You have to think about the kid, too. If you put him out there in front of the home crowd in any meaningful situation whatsoever, they're going to boo him. Well, yeah, if you're going to put him back out there, Parker, it better be on the road <laughs> in a game where there's yeah. not many OU fans there. Because if you do it in a home game, and it sucks for that kid, you know, if that were to happen, if he were to get booed in Norman, but that's just kind of where everyone's at right now, and no one would be too happy. So if Gabriel can't play on Saturday, Parker and I both think that he's probably going to. Um, I don't think it's going to be Davis Bevel. I think General Booty and Nick Evers got a better chance to play than Davis Bevel would on Saturday. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. But, again, if, if Vegas is saying OU minus 8, and that, that spread uh, was at 7, and now it's up to 8 because it doesn't sound like Jalen Daniels, starting quarterback, SKU, is going to play. If it's OU minus 8, yeah, Vegas sounds like they, they think he's going to play. Uh, let's see. Colton Thomason tweeted Anthony Evans, Colton wearing an A&M uniform, and tagged Anthony Evans, said Gigum. Anthony Evans responds back, nah, bro, hashtag boomer. There is the answer, Parker. That's from Steve Young in Edmond. And that's encouraging. Is that the Steve Young? Does he live in Edmond Uh, now? I don't think that's the Steve Young. Mm, Would be cool, though. I I'm not I, I don't know why the Steve Young would be taking up residence in Edmond, Oklahoma. But I could be wrong. If you're the Steve Young, let us know. Uh 
A&M does make me, uh, obviously, A&M makes me nervous in recruiting. But especially now, because what they sit as the number 18 overall class, pretty far away from where they were last year, Parker. But they also only have 12 commits. And I don't know how many scholarships that they truly have available, but I, I'm sure they're going to get super aggressive here down the stretch. And we know what super aggressive means from Texas A&M. <laughs> wanting to improve their recruiting ranking, want, wanting to fill up some of these spots. Uh, I wonder if they're going to get a little cray here down the stretch <laughs> with some things that they offer. It makes me a little nervous. Uh, 918 Rod says, guys, having veterans on the team isn't necessarily a good thing. I'd rather have stud sophomores and juniors. If you have seniors, it means those guys weren't good enough to go to the league as sophomores and juniors. I, and I hear you to a certain extent, 918 Rod, but how many guys across the entirety of college football go to the leagues as sophomore go to the league as sophomores and juniors every year? That's a small number. You're never going to have a team that has Best case scenario, more than seven or eight of those guys. And we're we're talking that's like Alabama level. Alabama in a certain year might have seven or eight guys that before their senior year have the opportunity to jump and go play professional ball. Realistically, at Oklahoma, year in and year out, you might have four of those guys. And if so, I think that's a win. But that shouldn't be the barometer that you use that shouldn't be the measuring stick that you use uh for players impact and ability at the collegiate level oh can they go to the league as a redshirt sophomore or a junior there are just so few of those guys so few and there are guys that choose to make that jump that never get drafted and never catch on at the nfl level beyond the practice squad so even if you do have a guy that can make the jump it's not always in his best interest to do so either Someone on the text line said the fly in Hawaiian will be back, and I think they predicted 35-24, something like that. Hey, there you go. Who would get a louder ovation by the crowd during the starting lineups? Would it be Dylan Gabriel or if Jaron Kanick was announced as a starter at Cheetah on Saturday? Who would get – where would there be more screams from from the crowd? And would it be comparable to what uh, the Caleb Williams – uh, excitement was last year when he was announced as a starter. I think that was what the TCU game, whatever game it was. Yeah, um, I bet Canick would get a slightly louder ovation because man, I there's st- and they haven't been as active the last couple of weeks because he's been injured. But there's still this segment of the fan base that is out on Dylan Gabriel. Just does not think highly of him at all. Yeah, now I, I will say that I think even those people are, oh, God, I, they, they need him, though. Oh, he is by far and away their best option. Well, yeah, and, and for everybody that thought Dylan Gabriel sucked, last Saturday was quite the reality check for those oh, people. Was it ever? Because you, if you didn't see what kind of football team Oklahoma is sans Dylan Gabriel against TCU in Fort Worth, you certainly saw it, and it was glaringly apparent. In the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. You know what's uh, somewhat unfortunate? Well, I don't know how unfortunate it'll be because it means that, you know, they, they, they're trying something different and it actually worked, Parker, and I'm sure they don't care about it to begin with. But if you throw out Jaron Canick on Saturday and he plays really well, or if you throw out RSJ or, you know, I mean, some of these other younger guys and defensively you play a whole lot better, on one hand it's, all right, we did something and it worked. But especially if Canick goes out there and plays well, 
you know the text line and a lot of the fan base will be, see, I told you, should have been doing this three weeks ago. That's kind of the spot you're in now. You can start playing yeah, some of these younger guys, and there will be a, a whole lot of I told you so yeah, that they play and they'll, well. they'll be telling us, like, we don't know either, Tyler. Like, we haven't been advocating. Uh, we'll get blamed for it. We will get blamed for it Take somehow. more snaps on defense. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Somebody said Braden Willis will get the loudest roar. He deserves Oh, yeah, it. yeah. No, that's good. I, I'm, I'm down for that. I, I actually, if, uh, if we have any impact on that whatsoever – I would uh, ask that he would get the loudest uh, applause and the loudest cheer on Saturday. I think that that is a good way for the fans to give a tip of the cap for what he did on Saturday and what he's done so far this year. No, that would be pretty cool. Someone asked who sucks worse, Doug and Norman or the Phillies. Well, the Phillies, unfortunately, are doing really well right now, so... I don't really want to talk about it, to be honest. Can we not mention the Phillies for the rest of the show? As he sits there in his Atlanta yeah. Braves baseball. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. More to come next right here on The Ref. Coach Bob Stoops joins the rush coming up next hour, as he does every single Tuesday at 3.20. Be sure to tune in for that. Text line says, no matter what happens the rest of the year, do you think Dylan Gabriel is back next season? I definitely think he's back in college football next season, for sure, yes. Yes. Well, and if the quarterback class that will be eligible and or ready to make the jump for the 2023 NFL draft wasn't already deep enough – now you got guys like Hendon Hooker lighting it up. Yep. And this is just it's way too deep of a quarterback class for Dylan Gabriel to comfortably make that jump after the season ends and go any higher than honestly best case scenario probably 6th round. Didn't have a whole lot of good tape this year, man. No. I mean, he just uh, he he needs to come back. He's got to be a lot more I mean, he's just got to be better all the way around. I, I think the deep ball is pretty good, but Anything other than the deep balls got to be a lot better for him. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have to come back, man. Living in Texas for the past fourteen years, I can tell you that UT and A and M will always have a recruiting advantage, even when they suck. People just default to them if they can get in. OU will always have to outwork those schools, and they must beat them on the field. That's why one OU. Uh, that's why one ugly OU loss to Texas equals three to four ugly Texas losses to OU. Not fair, but it is what it is. I mean, and yeah, like Texas historically over time has had better recruiting classes than OU. I don't know if that's – it's definitely not as true for A&M. Maybe OU and A&M have been comparable, Parker, over the past 50 years or so. But it's definitely – it's way more true for Texas than it uh, has been for A&M, though A&M's move to the SEC has even that up quite a bit. I mean, it clearly has. they had the number one overall class last year. Uh, Patrick on the text line asks, does Spencer Rattler come back yes. to South Carolina yes. next year? I, I, think I don't so. know he ha- if he has a choice right now. I think now. he does. Uh, that's kind of the one guy that it, even with his struggles last year at Oklahoma, you kind of figured, okay, fresh start at South Carolina, he's going to light it up. I was in that camp. I thought he was going to have a really good year. He has not. They did beat Kentucky on Saturday, and I, I'll be honest, I did not even see what Rattler's stat line was in that game. I don't think he's had a great stat line so far this year. 
Um, but you did see Shane Beamer troll Mark Stoops back, didn't you? With the uh, sunglasses in the locker room when they were celebrating in Lexington. Oh, did, I, I, I must have missed this. Because Mark Stoops said something that was taken as a shot to Shane Beamer about the coach that wear. Remember the guy, I got my swag on video that he did? Shane oh, Beamer, yeah, yeah, South yes, Carolina. Yes, 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 yes. Mark Stoops, I guess, made a backhanded comment on that. And then uh, Shane Beamer uh, referenced it in the postgame speech. After they beat Kentucky. Kentucky did have their backup quarterback in the game, but yeah. Shane Beamer made it known that he remembers what was said. Sooner CB says DG will never play football at the next level. I think it's a little early to make that call. Again, I've seen some point, bad quarterback, bad college football quarterbacks play at the next level. Kellen Mond. And get, Kellen dra- and Mond get drafted in the first drafted. round. Yeah, I mean, Kellen Mond didn't get drafted in the first round, but I've seen some guys that got get drafted in the first round that's like, what? And I'm not telling you DG is going to get drafted in the first round. I'm not no, doing that. No, no. The point is is that there's been some bad uh, college quarterbacks that have played in the league. I don't think it's out of the question at all that Dylan Gabriel actually carves out a pretty decent NFL career for himself. Obviously, he's going to have to improve a lot for that to happen. But to say that he does not have a future at the next level, I think, is premature. And it's way too early to make that call, especially with the understanding that he's got two more years of eligibility beyond this one yeah. if he wants them. It's all about the money. Suckers walk and money talks. OU can't match UT or A&M on NIL money. Which uh, does bring up something. We are 13 days removed from uh, what was a very dark day. And OU football recruiting. Yeah. And I've been kind of waiting, you know, I was going to wait a couple weeks to say, hey, has the uh, communication at all started back up between David Hicks and OU? But I haven't heard anything that that's, that's been going on or happening. Yeah, nor, nor have I. And I, <laughs> it's hard I, for me to see that happening at this point. I kind of felt like Justin Broyles that day. Are you I can't about, imagine uh, like his his response last night. Uh, just the social media slam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. imagine going through that every single week. Brent Venables was having no part of that. No, today. he was not. Oh my, he was not. Gosh. And look, is Justin Broyles a fantastic football player? No, I don't think anyone would accuse him of being elite. But one thing you do have to give the kid credit for is he has given his all to the University of Oklahoma, and. He has always been a vocal leader. Has he? And he's never been an alpha dog. He really can't be an alpha dog because of his limitations. But Justin Broyles has been a net positive for the University of Oklahoma. Some people are going to be, they're going to hear me say that, and they'll say, the, the hell he has! He's awful! He hasn't been, he hasn't been good at times. But he's been very influential in that locker room. And the program is better off for him having been there. How were player interviews last night? Anything interesting said outside Gabriel? <laughs> well, Broyles didn't want to talk, man. <laughs> they gave us Broyles, and you could just tell he was not about it. Yeah. Which is understandable. You lose three straight games, especially in those in that fashion each of the last two weeks, I wouldn't be about it either. Yeah. I could, uh, I could tell that that was kind of the reaction from him watching that last night. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, that'll do it for Locked In. The Rush is coming up next. Remember, Bob Stoops coming up at 320. Keep it locked on the ref.